welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, September the 6th. Happy Labor Day, everybody. My name is Lucas Smith, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. We are brought to you today in part by Locked On MLB. Be sure to join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, every day on Locked On MLB. We are... Breaking down a bit of a rough weekend and a rough game today for the St. Louis Cardinals. Apologies for the delay. Had some travel issues here on Labor Day, and uh, this is going to be a uh, audio exclusive, I suppose. Uh, got kind of got mixed around, turned around with some travel things. So we are now doing this uh, just on the audio on your podcasting platforms. Back on YouTube on Tuesday, uh, but the Cardinals fall to the Brewers uh, twice over the weekend and or once on Sunday, I got, uh, Saturday and Sunday, I suppose, unable to come back after a strong start against the Brewers on Friday, and then they lose to the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers today. Uh, as uh, apologize for the motorcycles dragging around there, uh, but nevertheless, just a real frustrating weekend all around for the St. Louis Cardinals. No other way to put it, especially after a very satisfying and very um, positive Friday, winning 15-4, to and then we, we, we see what happened the rest of the weekend. Cardinals getting shut out by Adrian Hauser, and then the bullpen management, and the bullpen, not, not even just the bullpen management, but the lack of bullpen execution um, for, for the Cardinals on Sunday, and then today, Cardinals just getting shut down uh, by Max Scherzer. And it's just, it, it, today is what it is. We'll talk about all, all these games in detail Um in a, in a little bit throughout the episode today, but nevertheless, Tesh had to get kind of that, that's, what we're, that's what we're going through today. So let's go and get into the most recent uh, game that that is today, and that was between the Dodgers and Cardinals because this will be kind of uh, not not a, a quick one, but nevertheless, it is one of those things that there is only so much to say just because of how cut and dry this game is and was. Max Scherzer, hometown kid, goes eight innings. Just six hits, an unearned run, strikes out 13 batters on just 103 pitches, 74 of those being strikes. And to be quite frank, the Cardinals just weren't even close to touching him. He was dominant throughout the entire game, and he was just unable, the Cardinals rather, were unable to get anything going against Mr. Scherzer. That, that, that is what it is. Max Scherzer, I mentioned in the Locked On Now video, posted on the, the Twitter um, and, and Instagram pages, but at the end of the day, Max Scherzer is a Hall of Fame pitcher. And not only is he a Hall of Fame pitcher, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher pitching at a Hall of Fame level still currently to this day. I mean, you, you look at his numbers here in 2021, and, and they back that up. 154 innings, 210 strikeouts, a whip under one, 13-4 record, 26 starts, 2-2-8 ERA. He's got a 105 ERA. In his last seven starts as a Dodger this season, he has, he has just been absolutely phenomenal as well. It's hard to really find a hole in Max Scherzer's game to exploit uh, with the Dodgers. Those seven starts, a 105 ERA. Pretty good start to his Dodger career, I would say. Um, and if I'm the Dodgers, I'm pretty happy with that trade, at least in the short term, for uh, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Trey Turner even had a devil in today's game as he continues to be on fire this entire season. His average is up to 319. OPS at 878. But really what I want to talk about from this game is Miles Michaelis. He goes five innings, five hits, five runs. Four of those are in two walks, three punchouts. Four of those runs came in the first inning. So if you want... To, to be super positive and super light and say, yeah, he, he was able to turn around his last four innings, only give up the one one run and, and whatever. At, at the end of the day, even I can only be so positive. Miles Mike, this is 
on a really, really bad contract from the Cardinals' perspective, paying him a lot of money to not get a lot of outs and to um, and to, and to not give and to give up a lot of runs. Excuse me. So bad contract. He he has not really shown it this this season. Had a decent start against Chicago to start the year. Then he went down uh, and then or went went down again. Came back with with an okay start coming. Uh, and his next start against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then just has not able to been success to be successful since then. Gave up eight hits in a start against the Pirates on the twenty sixth, four earned runs in three innings last time out against the Reds, and then we saw the, the five runs, four of those earned in five innings against the Milwaukee or against the Los Angeles Dodgers today. That game is what it is. Cardinals lost. They they, they it, it was over from the moment it started, especially after Michaelis gave up those four first inning runs. You knew it was going to be a tough day with Michaelis or with Scherzer on the other mound, and it, it proved to be a very long day, or a short day. <laughs> the game took less than three hours, but a long day at the office in terms of not a lot of production. Felt like a much longer game than it was. There's only three Cardinals were able to get any hits today against Max Scherzer. Edmund, Tommy Edmund had two. Edmundo Sosa got one late, and Paul Goldschmidt actually had a good day. He went three for four against the future Hall of Fame right-hander. And hopefully, you know, maybe the Cardinals go after Max Scherzer in the offseason. Who knows? Uh, but nevertheless, it's one of those things that, ooh, that is a tough pill, tough pill to swallow in terms of um, just just kind of getting handed, just getting beat that, in that nature. And like I said, it was kind of over from, from the get go. So that that's the recap on, on game one. Uh, the rest of this this episode will be kind of focusing more so on the Milwaukee Brewers series. But before I do get to that, I do want to say a little bit note about Adam Wainwright, or not Adam Wainwright, Albert Pujols. He did return uh, today, did not get in the, in the lineup or in, in the game at all. You would expect with a lefty on the mound uh, tomorrow for the St. Louis Cardinals in, uh, excuse me, in J.A. Happ, that uh, Albert would probably get the start tomorrow. So you, uh, if you're looking to buy a ticket, go ahead and buy one for tomorrow's game since it is uh, most likely Albert's big return Um since it'll be against a left-handed pitcher, and he has shown to be successful against lefties. Cardinal fans were booing Dave Roberts throughout the the, uh, the last part of that game whenever Albert didn't get in. Fans are going to be mad at, at Roberts. Roberts has a game to go out and win. If Albert doesn't give him the best chance to win, he's not going to throw Albert in there. Do I want to see Albert play in Bush Stadium? Do I want to see him play and and all these different... Of course, I, would, I want to see Albert Pujols play 100% without a doubt. But still, at the end of the day, it's one of those things that, well... You know, Dodgers still have a game to win and a, and a season to, to be successful in. You weren't going to see him pinch it for Justin Turner, Corey Seager, or Chris Taylor, and those are the batters in the ninth inning. So it is what it is. Hopefully Albert can, can play tomorrow and uh, give the Cardinal fans what they want as it was the largest crowd ever on a Labor Day when Albert was supposed to be returning uh, in Bush Stadium. So let's, let's talk, sadly, about the Milwaukee Brewers as we do have to talk about them since uh, – Cardinals played a pretty bad series against them over the weekend. So we're breaking down all three of those games coming up here in just a moment. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about Direct TV Stream. Direct TV Stream is your solution to get your TV together. No longer having one device to catch a live game, another for streaming shows, and another for sports highlights, and another logged in for your best fr- from your best friends for the really good stuff. No more of that. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. This means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, there's no annual contract. 
get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content does vary by package. Also want to tell you today about Stat Hero changing the game in fantasy sports because 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. So I'm here to introduce Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how this works. Stat Hero introduces you and shows you their lineups first and dares you to beat them, you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage because Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does this. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One on one mono. E mono. Play Stat Hero now. Change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. That's right. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. One more time, stathero.com slash locked on. Before I get into the Milwaukee series, I want to just kind of get it out there that I do realize that this audio probably is not the best of quality. I apologize. Like I said, weird travel day with Labor Day and such and kind of got caught um, recording currently on, on a uh, backup microphone. So apologies if the sound is um, abnormal or low quality. It will be better tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. So we're going to start positive because we love, or at least I do, I love being positive on this show. We're going to talk about the positives from this weekend. That starts with Friday. 15-4, Cardinals win, putting up five runs in the ninth uh, to go along with two runs in the first, two in the second, four in the third, two in the seventh, and five more going on in the ninth inning of that game. 12-hit barrage, just one earned, one error, rather. Cardinals go four for ten with a runner in scoring position. Strand just four runs, steal a bag, have a double from Edmund, two homers from Arenado, a homer from Bader, a homer from O'Neill that left the stadium, grand slam from Molina, and Edmundo Sosa throws in a home run as well. That's a lot of offense for the St. Louis Cardinals in yesterday's game, or excuse me, in Friday's game. And it seems that they used up that offense for the remainder of the series, at least for, for the next day. But that, that, that just goes to show that the Cardinals have the ability to, to bust out. They got it off Peralta. Every pitcher who, who played in the game for the, um, for the Brewers gave up earned runs. Peralta gave up four. Tapa gave up five. Ashby gave up two in four and a third innings. Uh, Norris gave up three. Milner gave up two, uh, and one out of an or one third of an inning, just pitching one out. Every pitcher gave up an earned run, so that that's always good as an offense. Things were riding high, and there were so many storylines to this game too. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina making their three hundredth career start together as Adam Wainwright gets his fourteenth win of the year, goes six and a third, four hits, two runs, an earned run. Uh, only one of those was earned. Uh, three walks and four strikeouts. Wainwright was absolutely, you know, dominant as as always. His ERA for the season gets lowered to two point nine one. His innings pitches up to one hundred and seventy six. One fifty nine strikeouts, a WHIP of one point oh three, in twenty seven starts. Probably um, less injury or different things happen. He's going to give up to thirty, um, maybe even thirty two starts on the season, and that that's remarkable for a guy who's now forty years old to, to be doing this as well as. Not only pitching at 40 years old, but pitching at this level at 40 years old is pretty remarkable, if you ask me. And what what was another storyline um, for the, this game? What was Yadier Molina get hit in the Grand Slam? Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina are two pillars of this Cardinal offense. 
or this Cardinal franchise, I guess I should say. Wainwright did have an RBI in Friday's game, uh, but the, the only Cardinal starter without a hit on Friday's game was Goldschmidt, so even Wainwright was a cog in the lineup there. But really historic and really really poetic, in my opinion, that, that Wainwright not only had an RBI in this game, but drove in Yadier Molina, and Yadier Molina hit that grand slam against Milner of the Milwaukee Brewers. Just an all-around good game, and the, the storyline, obviously, Wainwright, Yachty together for 300 starts there and was able to, were both able to get the job done on both sides of the baseball. Sadly, th- those runs and that, that success did not carry over into Saturday's game. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Because let, let's just take a moment, because with all the negatives going on right now, just one more quick note to appreciate Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. These two guys are two of the best Cardinals to ever put on the uniform, both in... Um, in, in production and in type of people that they are, both Roberto Clemente Award winners. So many good things about these two guys. Uh, cannot say enough good things about these two gentlemen. And you, you can talk about production, about Yachty all you want. You can talk about different, different things with both these players. Bottom line, at least 100% we can all agree with Wainwright, but these guys still are getting the job done at, at a good level deep into their careers. And there are talks now of Wainwright being re-signed to a one-year contract, and I am all for it. I think that he is definitely one of those guys that, that could be still successful even at his age 40 going into 41 season next year. But as I mentioned, not all good things. Now we start to get into the negatives. We'll start with Saturday's game. All the offense was apparently used up in, in Friday's game as the Brewers beat the Cardinals 4-0. Adrian Hauser goes nine innings, three hits, strikes out seven. The only three hits, two coming from Tommy Edmund as he continues a hot stretch. Then Nolan Arenado also went one for three. Cardinals do not get a single at-bat with a runner in scoring position. Just two runners left on base. You had an error from Dylan Carlson in this game. Had a double play. You, you just had all sorts of bad things going in this game. The offense in just a moment, kick him. One and two-thirds of an inning, seven hits, four earned a walk, a strikeout, a home run. He now is 6-7 and seven on the year, ERA of 3-5-3. In his last seven games, he's an ERA of 4-7-6 and 27 innings. This is a guy that had a 1-6-2 ERA last year in limited time. Opponents hitting just 197. His whip was at 1.03. And he has shown this year that he has the capability to, to be solid, but do the Cardinals re-sign him to a long-term contract or even to a contract extension after the season? If you would have asked me that back in July, I say without a doubt, 100% absolutely. But now you're looking at a 33-year-old who has had multiple IL stints on the year. Do you think that, you know, the, the question is, should he now be moved to the bullpen? I say yes. I think a bullpen probably is more suitable for him or he has not shown the ability to, to be successful as a starter and long-term at a major league level. And so far, again, it's only been two years, but KK Kim scheduled to start Thursday. We'll see if that, if that, if that gets switched for the St. Louis Cardinals. Because if it gets switched, it should be switched to Jake Woodford. Because he was phenomenal on Saturday. Five and a third innings out of the bullpen. Just two hits. Struck out five zeros on the run in the run column. This is also a guy that has been kind of back and forth. And when I say back and forth, I mean that he has... You know, shown a little bit of signs of being successful like he did on Saturday, but has also shown signs of his stuff isn't there, uh, doesn't have the control that, that you would like to see from a bullpen or from a major league starter. There's a lot of questions around him as well, but he showed that, that he has capability on Saturday to shut down a really good lineup. And he was the one that kind of kept the Cardinals in the game. Reyes also pitched a scoreless inning, and that was his. <laughs> that was probably the highest moment of his weekend until 
or it was the highest moments week of his weekend because of Sunday, I guess I should say. Beg your pardon there. But nevertheless, props to Jake Woodford. That's a positive from Saturday. Jake Woodford was the positive for the St. Louis Cardinals on Saturday. You could argue Alex Reyes was because he did have a scoreless inning, struck out one, uh, 14 pitches, but just the, the, the offense I understand you're not going to score 15 runs every game, and 15 runs every game should not be the expectation, but you need to have more than, than 15 and then go back to zero the next day. I, you know, I, would, I think anybody would rather the Cardinals score seven and uh, six or seven and, and eight, rather, on, on any given day instead of 15 and then zero because, spoiler alert, you're not going to win any games when you score zero runs. Um, Hope I didn't just blow anybody's mind or anything of that nature. But the Cardinals offense did not get it done because Adrian Hauser just shut down the Cardinal offense. And I'll be be honest, I did not see that coming. I thought that Adrian Hauser was the one starter the Cardinals had the best chance of beating. But nevertheless, it is um, Adrian Hauser that probably pitched the best out of any of the three Milwaukee starters this weekend. I would not have said that going into that game. So that'll be it for, for Saturday's game. Sunday's game, I got, I got it to go a whole segment on because uh, there, there's a lot to talk about from Sunday's game, and it really kind of, to a lot of people, was the apple, or not apple, the, shoot, the icing on the cake in terms of uh, the, the season being done, and it was just an emotional loss. It was a dreadful loss, momentum-killing loss, all the kinds of losses you could put into one loss. That was Sunday for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so talk about that coming up here in just a short break. But before we get into too many of the negatives from Sunday, let's talk about a good thing. And a good thing that I want to talk about is Built Bar. They have so many delicious flavors. And if you don't know the flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. And I love myself some double chocolate. Because the more chocolate I can get, the better. If you haven't tried all the flavors, not to worry. Get yourself a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are these Built Bars flavors the best tasting around, but they're healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing taste, amazing flavors that are all tasty and all healthy. So order today. Get the orange, cookies and cream, whatever you would like. And be also aware of the fact that Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's right. You can get Built Bar for 15% off at Built.com with the promo code LOCKED15. Football season is just around the corner. Opening night is this Thursday. Bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-billion-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports favorites from football, basketball, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online. And the promo code for your 100% welcome bonus as well when you sign up today is locked on. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Sadly, we must talk about Sunday. Sunday was a game that, to me, was it was either a game that took you completely by surprise and you had no idea what was going to happen, 
or you knew exactly what was going to happen and it was just a matter of time before the ending was inevitable. In case you missed it, I'm happy that you weren't able to witness that monstrosity live. But the Cardinals were up 5-1 to one going into the ninth inning. And they lose 6-5. to five. It was one of those games that, that the, the bullpen was mismanaged. It was interesting. Here are a couple of the decisions that I found very, very interesting. Two of your best relievers, TJ McFarland, uh, Luis Garcia, uh, best relievers as recently, because the big three, Cabrera, Gagos, and Reyes, have not been getting the job done recently. Through the, 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 three, the two most least amount of pitch in this game, except for Alex Reyes, only threw two. TJ McFarland threw two-thirds of an inning in relief of, of John Lester. He threw two pitches. Luis Garcia threw one inning of scoreless baseball. He threw 12 pitches. And your starter, John Lester, who was pitching extremely well, threw 81 pitches. All three of those gentlemen were pulled out, pulled out, in my opinion, way too soon. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I know that uh, in terms of twenty twenty vision, but I still am of the state of mind that it's frustrating because this this continues to keep happening, where we have questions about the bullpen management in the major leagues. A manager, most times, more times than not, in my opinion, does not make or break a game with his decision making. It's how they manage a bullpen that will make or break a great manager. And Mike Schilt, at least this season, has shown that he has struggled with in-game decision-making and bullpen management. And again, I've been most likely the, probably one of the bigger um, one of the bigger Mike Schilt defenders around, and I still say he has, he has struggled. struggled. And another decision that I didn't get was Tyler, taking out Tyler O'Neill, who had a home run in this game. He was three for four, two runs scored, a walk, in a home run. I don't understand how you take him out of the game. I understand double switch and everything like that. You had Luis Garcia throw 12 pitches. You had TJ McFarlane throw two pitches. I think either one of those guys could have been stretched out more. Henesis Cabrera didn't have it. He got one out, gave up a hit, walked two, struck out one. Giovanni Gallegos, he got a tough final line. Credit to Gallegos in the eighth inning. Because Gallegos comes in. And he comes in with um, bases loaded. And he strikes out Roddy Telez. And then Christian Yelich lines out sharply to Paul Goldschmidt. Gallegos got, got not bailed out, but Paul Goldschmidt made an exceptional play. And then you go to the ninth thing in that game. Starts out with a double, a single, a strikeout, another double, and a walk. And then you bring in Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes has struggled mightily here in the second half. There is no secret to that. You, if you want to tell me that he's been cooked by Mike Schild, if it's just one of those, one of those things that he just ran out of gas, whatever you want to talk about, he has not been good here in the second half of the of the of the season. Pre All Star game, he had a once five two ERA in thirty eight games, forty one and third innings, um, and then post All Star game in eighteen and two thirds, six two seven ERA, and again. I know ERA isn't necessarily the best way to judge a bullpen arm, but even his whip has jumped up 19 points, pre-All-Star to post-All-Star. And he has shown in the past that he has a limited amount of ability to pitch with the with runners on base, and you bring him into a bases-loaded situation. It's just the, the idea that... The, I don't know. You you just have a man as a manager at any level. The idea is to to put your players in a best chance to succeed. 
putting Alex Reyes in with, with runners on base with the second half of the season that he's having is not putting him in a position to succeed. It is just not. There are so many different things that led up to that situation as well uh, of having Alex Reyes in the game at that point. Bottom line, he was put in an awful situation, doesn't get the call on strike one, and then gives up an absolute meatball that Daniel Vogelbach destroys into right field. No question. And it was just a, a gut-wrenching loss because one of those things, like I mentioned at the top, you either knew it was going to happen because as soon as Reyes let go of that pitch, I was like, that's gone. As soon as it left his hand, I think we all knew that that pitch was not a good pitch and was a hittable pitch. There are probably some of you listening right now that from the, the minute the ninth inning started with Gallegos giving up a hit, you knew this game was over. There are some of you that maybe once Reyes, or once the eighth inning started, you knew this game was over, even once Gallegos got out of it. But that loss on Sunday, and it, it, it's just another loss and a string of losses that make you say, well, that's it, season over. There are so many losses like that. It's unbelievable. You've got the Pittsburgh loss, the Chicago loss weeks ago, the, the other, the, the Pittsburgh loss when uh, Satsugo hit the grant walk-off home run. So many blown leads. The, the, the series against Milwaukee earlier this, this month, one of the losses against the, the Detroit when they put the series at Bush Stadium. Every other week, it seems like there's another contest, uh, contestant for worst loss, worst game of the year. And this one is right up there with them. And to me, the later in the season, the, the better chance you have at uh, taking that crown, even though no game wants to actually take that crown. But boy, oh boy, that game on, on Sunday took, takes a crown to me as the worst loss of the season. And I'd never like to be you know, dealing absolutes like the Sith Lords do or count a team out too early because, yes, 2006 and 2011 did happen. Amazing comebacks. But there are so many things that even to this day still have to go incredibly, and I mean incredibly right, for the St. Louis Cardinals in order to make the playoffs. So I, I really, you know, the fan in me is going to have hope until the, that there's an E for eliminated next to the St. Louis Cardinals in the standings. But you just have to have... A lot of faith to still have faith in this team, and I give credit to you if you do. Maybe a lot of a lot of you gave up sooner than I did, but at this point in the season, it, it's just almost impossible for me to see them coming all the way back to make a wild card spot. I hope I'm wrong. I'm not trying to be too pessimistic, but right now they're three and a half back of the San Diego Padres. Two games in between the Cardinals, or two teams rather, in between the Cardinals and Padres. And everybody except for the Phillies has an easier schedule this week, uh, this, this current series, than the Cardinals. Uh, the Padres play the Angels, and the Reds are playing the Cubs tomorrow. One of those, it, it, the, between the Cardinals' inability to beat above 500 teams, even though they have flashed the, maybe the ability to do so recently, the September schedule, the amount of blown games, it's, it's amazing that the Cardinals are even this close in the standings. I don't like getting too negative. I don't like being too much of a pessimistic fan, trying to just say what, what, how I feel, and that this season, at some point, you, you're going to you're going to look back on a certain game or a certain series of games, and say that's when it was that's when it was over. If the Cardinals were able to take two out of three against Milwaukee, then you maybe say, "Great, go for it. You got a chance still." But now it just seems too far out of reach. 
That'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for, for sticking with me through this episode. Apologies for the lack of audio quality and for the lack of success for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, but I'll be back on YouTube and on your favorite podcasting platforms for Tuesday, uh, previewing the rest of the Dodgers series and giving my thoughts on uh, more, more on my thoughts on the playoffs hopes for the St. Louis Cardinals. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And email the show anytime with questions, comments, complaints, or concerns at uh, LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to have a wonderful Labor Day. Stay, fa- stay safe and have a fantastic rest of your day.